Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. This is Nadia. And Ellie. So yeah, the three of us are together again for an episode. Um, happy first off, happy one year anniversary to Ellie after surgery, surgiversary. Yay. How how are you doing? Like how has the past year been? Recovery wise, any updates that you want to give anyone? Basically, I stand by what I said like last time we talked about it, and where it's like. Do you regret it? No. Do I wish I had done it way sooner? Fuck yes, like 10 years ago at this point. But having my insurance pay for like most of it was a definite plus. But then again, um, if I wait, if I wait a little longer, I could have got had the government pay for it because apparently Biden, one of Biden's uh, campaign platforms was having Obamacare expanded to include and require transgender health care and surgery. But maybe but, we can talk a little bit about like our own, like what we did during election night. Because I think like we all got, got to a point where we're like, we don't need to be constantly looking at the results to be the results. Right. The yeah. the, the work has been done before. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did some phone banking day of just channel election stress into something productive. But like, right. once it comes down like, to watching the results. Yeah, yeah. Point. Right. No, but like, like on the day, which is, does it matter at that point? Maybe. But also, it's a stress management yeah. thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's feel good banking at yeah. that point. It's self care. If it reaches one pe- person, it's worth it's it. It's a numbers game. It's yeah, a numbers yeah. game, especially in swing states at that point. I think we all tried to do things that were like involved interaction with other people to the point where we couldn't doom scroll too much. Yes. So Nadia and I, Nadia and I that night were on a Zoom call with some friends and we like read part of the script from Mean Girls. <laughs> yeah. And then like we read part of the script from Devil Wears Prada and played some Would You Rather. And then like in between. And fuck Mary Kill. Oh yeah. Fuck Mary Kill. That was great. Wait, and... I want to just like throw out this <laughs> fuck Mary Kill to um, the world. So, you know, I assume people know the rules of fuck, marry, kill. If not, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. You choose one to fuck, one to marry, one to kill. Yeah. Um, Judith Butler, Foucault, and Edward Said. Mm. I feel like fuck Foucault is, is like the obvious choice. And then maybe marry Judith Butler, but I don't really want to kill Edward Said. Yeah, so I, like, thought, I thought I killed Butler in that round, but maybe I'm wrong. I think Foucault is the one I'd want to kill the most. Oh, okay, yeah, fair. Okay, yeah, okay, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll fuck you with Butler and Matt Murray. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful alliteration of fuck Foucault. I mean, how could you pass that up? Yeah, I know, yeah, I like it. wordplay. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And like, it would probably be like interesting, but... But does it outweigh... Like, of the people... That you want, that want, you want kill, dead. Yeah. I'd want to kill him more than the other two, so... <laughs> How about yours, Ellie? Well, I was there with y'all for most of that. I, I know. Was... Which one? I know. What did you pick for you? I think I married Saeed, fuck Foucault, because the alliteration, how could you yeah. not, mm-hmm. and killed Judith Butler. I'm sorry. <laughs> with Harley. Yeah. And then, like, every hour, we, like, gave ourselves a break to look at stats, and then we went back to doing that stuff. Even though I'm pretty sure, like, all of us were secretly looking at the stats anyway. I absolutely was. But not as much as I would have on my own. That's the thing. Yeah. I yeah. snuck a few peeks with Adam. It wasn't that excessive. Well, I knew you guys were sneaking peeks. but I mean, who so wasn't? <laughs> yeah. We had our phones in front yeah, of us. Yeah, but, like, right? still, better than... Just, like... Better than if we weren't trying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was we made a solid effort. <laughs> yeah, we did. And I think we all get a participation trophy. Yes, we do. Um, uh, I'm glad. In true millennial we had fashion. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. 
podcasting during the pandemic has been going as well as it can. We've been still able to connect with a lot of people. Um, at the beginning of quarantine, we were it was more like, okay, we're all it's it's there's all this novelty of stuck at home and having we it felt like we had excessive time. And now I feel like I remember like how everyone was, I'm going to master a new language and learn a new skill and redo the deck and all these super ambitious things. And I'm kind of glad that's all fallen to the wayside. Everyone's just done. Some people have done those things. Some people haven't. Either yeah. it's fine. And more power to you. Yeah. Okay, so like that's actually affected my stuff a lot because I started teaching Zoom classes, like Zoom dance and yoga classes online a lot at the beginning of quarantine. And at first, like there was this big boom that was coming from, I think, the equivalent of the sourdough bread phrase when people were just like, oh, let me try a new thing. And because I teach like a lot of adult beginner classes in particular, it was that same kind of energy, like, I'm going to try something new in my house, but I've always been scared to do that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it's the same the same fallout that's been happening with literally everything else that's been happening with I'm gonna write a book or I'm gonna yeah. learn a craft or whatever. Um Yeah. Yeah. I doubt there's gonna be another sourdough phase, but yeah. Maybe that's we'll see. <laughs> we'll maybe see. in January, yeah. like when all the new year yeah. year's resolutions start kicking up. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Um I've I've been personally feeling that even with the podcast. Like it's it's been something that we have been able to keep up with but it's getting increasingly difficult on my end I just feel like now that everyone's kind of figuring out work-wise like how to do everything remotely and blah 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 like people are getting busier including me yeah so stuff. for people who don't I don't know people listening Alia does most of the editing or basically all of the editing yeah, well, I mean with, I mean, with exceptions with but like a, a, like a good chunk of the editing work and that's just a lot of it's a lot it's of, of time. Work. Like it's a lot from, of time. From the times yeah. I have done it, it's it's a lot of like finding the um and taking it out. And it really makes a difference when you listen to it. On the other hand, like I am just really proud of like all the people we've had on the podcast since. Um, yeah, same. And that's that's basically when I got more involved in the podcast too. Um, yeah, because also I initially had a lot of time on my hands. Um, yeah, we've still been able to make some really great connections this year. Um, so, although I've been, missed going to some of the physical events myself, like Yellow Punk and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah. I miss nightclubs. Mm-hmm. I miss like nightlife a lot, even though I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because in real life, I like when I can actually go to clubs. I like barely have the energy for it because mm-hmm. of living regular life and having to wake up really early and all that stuff. But now that I finally have like the energy for it because i have a semi-normal human sleep schedule yeah like i miss that shit so bad i miss it too yeah yeah you have a semi-normal sleep schedule so you miss the opportunities to go and ruin yeah, it by so going go, to yeah so <laughs> yeah well, usually my sleep schedule is fucked up in the other direction like i have to wake up ridiculously early mm-hmm. so that has like looked like things like i leave I leave the club at three and then like get up at five or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. clearly, I, uh, well, maybe not clearly. Maybe some of y'all don't need sleep ever. For me, clearly, that was not a thing I could do that. I'm but, actually getting addicted to eight hours of sleep. Same. Me too. When I can pull it off. Like, I'm also an insomniac. <laughs> Just like being kind of tipsy and dancing with a bunch of people really close and not worrying about which rooms they have that much. Like, also, nightlife is such an important community organizing space. 
It is. My big thing was clearing out the literary and gaming backlog I had. I've read so many books. I'm going through Parallel of the Sour right now by, I think it's Judith Butler. It takes place in the distant future of, like, I think 2016, where the president is running on the slogan, Make America Great Again. And people are in ghettos and it's a, the right wing has risen again and there's fear and immigrant community. And it's like, God damn it. Wait, isn't that Why am I reading this? Why am I reading? Wait. Oh yes, Octavia Butler, yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this doesn't yeah. seem, okay. Yes, yes. Basically it was recommended to me to, by a friend in this queer woman of color chat group that I hang out with every so often. Cool. And so been reading that and plus like, all I know is that I have this giant backlog of like books and comics and media and games that I just get and just stacks up and I'm getting through most of it. Wow. Very tough. Still tons of movies, but that's kind of like, how can I ever watch all of Netflix and Amazon and all that? Yeah. Yeah. I started like very recently getting on a reading kick and then I got Animal Crossing. (laughs) Although (laughs) I haven't been super. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. I haven't been like playing too excessively, but it, excessively enough that it taking is taking I'm, some, some time. But I'm so it's, proud of you. It's really it is very calming. I know that it's gonna wear off pretty soon. So Be yeah. still my gamer heart. I've been having actually I think a lot of people have been having some like newly amped up gender feelings uh, related to being in lockdown specifically. For most people who've been around me for like last few recent years like I'm, I'm, I've always kind of been like a little bit just ambivalent about gender like if people have specifically asked me how I identify I've kind of said like yeah I identify as a woman but more with like a question mark than an exclamation point or like don't hold me to that or things like that um mm-hmm. subject to change and but like also not in a way that has felt like particularly um urgent right not mm-hmm. exactly top of my things I feel like I should spend energy on. Mm-hmm. And also, I think a lot of my... So, okay, there's like ambivalence about gender that's very directed at yourself, and then there's ambivalence about gender that's very directed at the concept of gender in general. Like, what is this weird-ass construct? Yeah. And I think, like, going from constantly interacting with other people all the time to, like, kind of being with myself a lot more... It's like a lot of that ambivalence has been kind of redirected from like general outward um, questioning to like more internal stuff. Being in lockdown, um, like my feelings about gender have been like less dominated by what other people, like other people's perceptions, because that those aren't going on as much. And I think just in most of my previous life, uh, whether it was like, in the dance world, in performance, um, or just like also working in customer service gigs, lined up, like people perceiving you and making judgments, that kind of thing. That just seems so dominant that my, I don't know, like my own internal feelings about gender never felt as relevant until I had time to kind of (laughs) sit and um, think and be with myself a lot and things I dislike a lot. Yeah. Murkier. And then another part of that, I think, is so additional context. I've clearly, like, the performance world isn't super 
happening right now, but there's things here and there. And I've also recently been involved in some off uh, fashion gigs, um, like through dance, the a collaboration between a dance company and fashion people. Somewhere or another, I, I've, I'm interacting with the fashion world and design and that kind of stuff, which has brought up body image issues in a way that hasn't been as explicit for me. Like, I know people say like, oh, but you're in dance. There's levels. And for me, the level of body fixation in uh, fashion versus professional dance that I've been involved in is pretty different. And yeah, and going, even though it doesn't seem entirely related, it just brought up a lot of new feelings or not yet fully surfaced feelings about my body and then questions about where it's hard to tell what's like body dysmorphia issues versus like gender dysphoria stuff like I don't like this thing but what is the specific reason I don't like it which is confusing when you're in like industries that where it's not normal to have it's not normal for anyone to have boobs right like the the more I've I've talked to people who are kind of I'm talking similar similar gender feel similar feelings about uh gender fluidity gender question um, Mm non-binary non-binary identity I think the lockdown or quarantine are just different just Changes of life situation. If anyone relates yeah. to that, uh, I kind of do. Yeah. What's up with you? In real life, I'm always presented in sort of like, I like femme leaning towards androgyny somewhat. Yeah, like I feel like, yeah. Basically, my entire life is online. It's like I'm basically this amorphous gender blob that doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what I am. My interactions with people are like emails and text and tweets and video game stuff where and if you deal with video games you obviously know your form changes all your all the time so it's like what does it matter now it's sort of like sharpen that whole yeah maybe i have some relate like remaining gender issues but it's not like but because i've sort of dealt with major transgender stuff like already i don't have like the body dysmorphia like mm-hmm. factor anymore it's like i really love my body now i'm like awesome i'm like yeah cool nothing's missing nothing's there but it's like now it's like well what do we questioning my presentation of it just because I have to do so little performatively for the sake of a job or social appearances right. like it's all for you like who like, are you performing for yourself what do you, yeah 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 like, yeah like I am literally the only person who sees myself some days you know yeah like the effects of my work is like is the server running smoothly for some you know rando and wherever they don't care. They don't have to hear my voice or see my body or do anything other than say, hey, my shit's broken, fix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where does the gender performance come in there? And it doesn't, you know? Yeah. Same with my workplace. Gender performance doesn't come. And that kind of sort of pushes me back in that whole, well, how do I really feel about like gender now that I don't have the body? There's more bullshit right. running around right. my head. It's all more, it's more inward than usual. Yeah, but it's way less urgent now because having surgery now that I'm like not constantly frustrated and hating my body and it's just like mm-hmm. more intellectual. I'm like, how do I want to just purely present myself as opposed to trying to pass for a female and make it in the physical world to the, where I don't outwardly threaten people with like gender nonconformity, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's it's like, like there's survival gender scene. and then there's like, what would you be doing if it wasn't about survival? Yeah, and that's, wait, that's exactly it. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. This isn't like a second thoughts thing. It's more like, where do I fine tune this little dial of gender that's not actually a dial, but like this weird floating sphere thing that points in a direction, maybe like in the gender cosmos. 
<laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm not personally ready to articulate this. Definitely having my own version of these in, these um, internal yeah. reflections. Um, so when you talk, you mentioned like video games floating in internet space. Thought of like this experiment I did relating to body stuff because body changes in the real world. Like all of a sudden it's like, and this is a major medical thing, and this is has insurance, and this costs this much, and like all of a sudden there's like it's about all the practical things. Um, <laughs> so then I was like, okay, so like let's imagine that you don't live in the real world, you live in a video game world, where, like, you can just, like, <laughs> magically change things. Yeah. Um, and oh, okay. what you do, and would it be consistent day to day, because it's not the real world, and you don't have to, like, live in the same body all the time, and if some days you want to be in a different one. I don't know. I gotta oh. warn you, I, I gotta yeah. warn you, like, every trans person I know who plays video games has always, even when they were in complete denial, always chose the female or male or our opposite to their currently born slash presenting gender when they really felt that way. And they're like, oh, it's just because I like looking at a guy's butt more. Or, oh, it's just because <laughs> I like the clothing options more. And then it's like 20 years later, it's like, shit, I got to go on hormones. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else is just sort of like looking at them like, we fucking know. No shit. <laughs> yeah. I've also um, kind of, okay, on the point about like not exactly wanting to articulate things. There's some things I've been like holding off on articulating just because not for any other reasons, but other than like sometimes like my ambivalence about things comes off as like dismissive to other people's identities in ways that like, yeah, no, and like it's not intentional. It's just like it, like the way I've said things has kind of come off that way. I think some ways that I've like talked about like not caring about pronouns have like accidentally sounded like they were dismissive to the idea of needing to clarify people's pronouns, right? And mm-hmm. sometimes I just feel like so mad about things that I don't know. Like if I don't feel totally comfortable articulating them, sometimes they've come off as just dismissive to the idea that other people do have a very strong yeah gender identity that they want respected yeah and it's not it's not like anyone like it's not like anyone's life is in contradiction with anyone else's life it's just that it happens like the same way that sometimes when people feel like ambivalent about their sexual like you see this with celebrities who feel ambivalent about sexuality and then they'll say things Mm -hmm. why do people need labels anyway or any stuff like that right and yeah it's it's ultimately coming from i think what they don't want to talk about personally but right no, I, I, I understand. Kind of chilling for similar reasons. That is one factor. Like when I say I'm not ready to really put into words certain things, that is one factor. It's because like a lot of what is going on in my head is questioning stuff. And that if I were to translate those thoughts into verbal communication, like it would probably come off as um, just like I wouldn't be able to give a solid, I guess, response. When it comes to like certain identity things that I'm thinking about, like gender identities. Like some things like, like oh, fuck gender, gender is stupid, but no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's very important to some people. So like that's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's not, yeah. That there's like exactly need to be in the world that much. Yeah, and like there is some body modification stuff in my head, but I'm also I haven't formed like some solid opinion yet if that's something I want, and I don't. Yeah, and I don't know how to articulate that in like a way that makes sense at this point. Can I go on a tangent? Yeah. Wait, Ellie, uh, oh, say your thing. Please. Oh, let's go oh, on a tangent. I was say, well, like, yeah, let's go <laughs> okay. on a tangent. Let's do it. Let's go tangent on a tangent. Tangent field trip. Let's go on a tangent about gender fluid fashion and how what that's supposed to mean and how it actually just means androgyny being very skin, skinny people. Fuck that. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. I ain't skinny, bitches. Yeah. There you there, go. There's uh-huh. like one body type for gender presentation. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I think there's like a lot of pseudo progressivism in the fashion world. Like, oh, we have gender fluid fashion. We're seeing beyond gender. But like, what that just means is skinny, mostly, mostly white, sometimes not white people in fitted suits. And that doesn't actually mean things respecting people's identities who are actually working at that institution. And it doesn't mean yeah. more expansive idea of what gender nonconformity looks like. I mean, it's also kind of, it, it kind of goes back to the whole like liberalism question is like, well, we shouldn't have any billionaires, liberals. Well, maybe half of those billionaires should be women. You know, it's right. like, it's like a performative diversity, performative allyship. Yeah, we're putting on appearances but we're not really changing anything mm-hmm, you know yeah. i mean i appreciate there are some certain brands out there that i couldn't name drop even if i wanted to that do have you know masculine women women who who aren't you know your standard conventional pretty cis white women that i you think see the fancy show you know? was actually like really great in that regard wait what show what show the rihanna fancy show yeah, I, I yeah. understand okay. in terms of representation in fashion. Like they, they oh okay, they, yeah. Oh, like cool. that was they, that was legit. There's some, and then there's mm-hmm. also a lot of I don't know. Like how can we change the thing without really changing the thing? <laughs> yeah. The conventional cis white looking transgender woman who shows up, and it, like in every so often, no disrespect for them. It was harder to get up for them that position. But if they're just representing the same heteronormative beauty standards, yay for that person. But it doesn't really change much else, yeah. you know. Right. And again, like you said, like no disrespect to that person. It's not like about saying like any particular person is wrong or that it's wrong to be like a skinny person in a suit. I mean, some someone might think that that's what I am. Yeah. Fashion industry. Look, we, we accept anyone who is who doesn't disrupt the gender norms too much, fits in the size zero and doesn't upset the moms in Nebraska too much. What makes it clear that it's all appearances is when you actually get into like how are people being treated on set how are people being paid on set like Mm -hmm. are you paying your tokens are you respecting your tokens pronouns are you explicitly referring to them as tokens and like one shot employees as opposed to the same 15 models you usually hire for the show but that also sort of goes into the larger inequalities in fashion and arts industries where if you have to rely on like unpaid interns that basically excludes anyone who can't afford to either take the debt or have their parents support them through the internship yeah but that's like that's like a whole separate discussion about structural inequalities that we should be having but it's fucking complicated and jesus christ are we the right persons to be having this i think everyone is the right people to be having this I didn't think I would be having, I didn't think the idea of unpaid internships would be relevant to me at this point in life for a while. But even now that I'm doing, um, that I I just started doing like aggressive general job hunting because things are slow Mm -hmm. in the pandemic. Just the amount of fields where I know that I'm qualified to do the job, like do the job is being a competent adult who can send people emails and shit. Yeah. Look at the job listings, and it's like one of them is like requires three years of experience, and the other one is like unpaid college intern. Right. And I'm like, well, I'm neither of nothing those in things. Be- nothing in between. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm also looking for work, even though I have a job currently. It's sort of the same, especially in the second industry. It's you have completely insane like standards. It's unpaid trial basis internship sort of deal, and then you have ten years of experience in a technology that was only really mainstream like a year ago. 
and existed for five. Like impossible unicorn requirements. And it's frustrating because the general advice for those is apply anyway, because they know those things are bullshit and you just need to, uh, your resume ping enough of the keywords that you get past the initial filters and get to a human. But if you don't know that, or if you're one of those tragically honest people that suffers under capitalism, well, I do have five years of experience in a related field, but it's not exactly what they're looking for. So I'm not going to apply and then you end up applying for absolutely nothing. That's a great bio, yeah. tragically honest. Tragically honest. Sometimes I, that's honestly sometimes what I am. Yeah. Screw myself over <laughs> by being <laughs> tragically honest. Lately. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I regret it. So the, the moral of the story is lie. Yes. Everybody, um, if, like if you take any episode by telling you to lie, yes. so you can succeed at capitalism. If you take anything from this episode, that is um, the moral. They don't want your honest answer. It's like, would you steal from the company? Um, honestly, yes, I would steal everything if I could yeah. get away with it. But no, I, I would honestly never steal from the company. No, I would always tattle on that poor tragic person who had to steal like extra toilet paper because they don't get paid enough and take away their health care just because the company was losing 35 cents of toilet paper. The oh, company answer is no. yes, rot them out. The only answer is no, no, never. Never tell them on them. In fact, maybe help them. That just, God, I just got a flashback. This, uh, when I was 16, I worked in retail and like one of my coworkers was in the stock, we were in the stock room and one of the like Coke cans or something fell and broke. And so that coworker was like, I can throw it away or I can drink it. And then this other coworker went and reported this and that person like got, I don't remember what happened to that person, but something like severe happened, like a suspension or whatever. Probably like a 10 cent can of coke and you'd rather this person like throw it away it's just this adult tattling. version of tattling like <laughs> i'm so eloquent so title grow out of a bitch yeah actually it is the no, most um, eloquent please. so what do we all want to grow out of bitches? <laughs> i want to grow out of oh well yeah of in the immediate future i'd like to grow out of Animal Crossing, but like no, you just got it. Then then that was like really smart, (laughs) or like waste of store credit. Okay, like yeah. (laughs) Okay, near future, not immediate future. Um, Long term, I I want to grow out of student debt. I just want to not have it anymore. But now the government owns my ass till the day I die. I want to. There are a lot of things I want to grow out of, and might might or might not. This is oddly specific, but it's coming to mind. I want to grow out of the thing where when something really bad or stressful happens, decide, like, I need to be really productive, overcompensate in some way to be like, no, I'm not just going to sit here and blah, blah, blah. So then I send a bunch of work emails poorly and usually schedule something. <laughs> <laughs> like, just name a tragic event. I can show you, like, a misscheduling email. That for sounds that. like very, <laughs> very recent specific yeah. experience. And, but no, but it's like a it's like a pattern. Yeah, like this, that's too specific to be a pattern. I should just I don't know process emotions or something. It's okay, like, I was yeah. gonna say I want to grow out of repressing my first my first response to certain things, repressing it. But also I don't know. It's also good to find that balance. Yeah, yeah. And you guys like called growing out of things, right? Because it means that like at some point it was appropriate. You've hopefully developed better, healthier things to coping. Like my reaction to stress is to start doing all the minor chores I've been putting off forever. Mm -hmm. And 
I will do things like, mm. like whenever I get super stressed, I'll clean the house, do my taxes, fill out those forms that I've been meaning to schedule my appointments and suddenly my life is in order and then I am ready to let it collapse again. See that my, the work emails is my version. I just do them like really fast because I'm like convinced that doing things fast is yeah. somehow yeah. admirable. Because <laughs> that yeah, that's what we've been taught. Hey. Capitalism. We've been taught. Here, to wrap it up, what is something we want to see on the podcast in the future? I I was thinking, and I know we were talking about this recently. I was thinking it would be cool to talk to people have like a ver- different professions like you know we've talked to a lot of artists and I love that and we were talking about like artists other and, like community organizers yeah and that's who talks about themselves right. on the internet yeah. yeah yeah and it'd be interesting to like connect with queer Arabs in other fields yeah. so, so if you and you just want to talk about your life and you don't necessarily have a public presence and just want to reach out to us and yeah. have something you want to talk about Look, yeah. do, you, like, do you want to hang out with us for like an hour we want to hang out with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you're a queer Arab accountant, honest, yeah. tell us stuff. Um, I was thinking, so previously we were talking about, like, getting uh, representation from, like, different countries in the region. And I'm, like, also thinking about, like, different um, just segments of the diaspora we haven't really covered. And specifically, I've been, like, really interested in, like, Solana diasporas in Latin America. Because, um, I don't know, there's just so much, like, interesting cultural integration going on there mm-hmm. i mean i i don't know i think there's like a lot more integration of solana cultures into mainstream culture there as opposed to north america where you see more like dual assimilation um, yeah like uh or just kind of separatist subcultures the more i learn about that the yeah. more interested i get in it so if you're a queer solana person in latin america and want to talk to us or have fun let us know let us know what you're up to. By the way, our analytics are always saying that there are listeners in Argentina. Please let us know if that's true. If, yeah, it could go either way. Like either VPNs or, or actual, actual people yeah. in Argentina. So, so if so, you're one of them and yeah. you're actually in Argentina, like reach out to us. Or if you're like, I don't know, in Egypt and using a VPN, more power to you. Yeah, <laughs> also reach out to us yeah. if you want to talk to us. <laughs> Ellie, do you have any future goals in mind for the podcast? I've actually been looking for some LGBTQ like Swana streamers to get on the podcast, but every time I find somebody who's interesting, something happens or they're straight. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that that could just be like a a life a life statement. Every time something's interesting, something happens or they're straight. That could also be an episode title. I don't know. Okay, so there's this one streamer who I've been following a while. They basically have always like, huh, they do look vaguely, you know, from the region. And it turns out the dude's Persian. And it's like the dude is having very, and he is giving off very queer vibes. And I like his work a lot. And, but I can never get a read on him. He's like never like, like basically made any statement one way or the other when I'm straight. And then, then scandal breaks out and like, well, now I can't even touch him. Throwback to early podcast yeah. days when we did have that situation, had to take the episode down and do a replacement episode talking about Me Too. But So we do, anyway. okay, we are interested in talking to whoever wants to talk to us, but we also do want to check that people are decent people yeah. beforehand. Um, yeah. 
Well, at least we'll try to, unfortunately. We'll do, you don't always know, but... but yeah, like, we yeah. do whatever we can on our end. It was nice to catch I up. I guess that's it. Yeah. It was nice. <laughs> you can follow us on the in, on the Instagram. The instantaneous grandmothers. The instantaneous grandmothers at the Queer Arabs. <laughs> um, also on Twitter and Facebook at the same name. And our email is thequeerarabs at gmail.com and our website is thequeerarabs.com. World Wide Web. <laughs> the queer. World Wide Web, period. <laughs> the queer Hyper era. Sex transfer <laughs> I never knew what that stood for. We're not only on hypertext, we're hypertext secured, Whoa. too. We are fancy. Oh, yeah. So come at us. Yeah. We're secure. If anyone has made it to the end of this episode, congratulations and We thanks. appreciate it. And you. I am impressed. Okay, bye. Bye, y'all. Outro, 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 outro.